lowly bend. Verse 3, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall, be, shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory ever proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. Isn't that good? I mean, that'll preach. If you ever get a chance, just read that. It'll preach. It'll touch your heart. You want to hear an interesting statistic about that song? The guy that wrote that song was not a believer. In fact, he was known as a hell raiser. That was his reputation. Let me give you, let me give you the story. It actually came, it, it was actually written in the mid-1800s. Uh, it, was, it was a parish priest in a French, who asked a French mar- merchant and a poet, pl- the guy's name was Placide Capo. I'm going to leave it like that, okay? Just trust me, that's what it is. He asked him, he said, would you write a poem to Luke chapter 2? So he did, and that's what he wrote, and he was a non-believer, actually a hell raiser. And so the song comes out, and he, then he takes it from there, and he brings it to another non-believer. He wrote a poem, and he brought it to another non-believer who turned it into a song, okay? So then it goes into a song, then it goes into the church, and it starts spreading like wildfire in the church for like three years. And then they realize that it was a hell raiser that wrote it, And they tried to stop it, but they couldn't. When the church realized that it was a non-believing, hell-raising guy that wrote the song, they said, no, we can't sing this anymore. And they tried to stop it, but they couldn't. Isn't that crazy? Come on. When I read the the statistics, thanks for helping me. Some of you are going... When I read the statistics, it, it, it was like I went back and investigated the, the song again. You know how we are. Or maybe it's just me. But, yeah, I went back and I investigated it, and it's like, man, this thing will preach. This is accurate. This is true. This is real. And I was like, man, that's just amazing, God. It's like only God can do something like that. Right? Oh, holy night. How long have you heard oh, holy night? Man, all your life because you wasn't born before the 1800s. Right? So now in the song, Oh Holy Night, there's a phrase that I want to focus in on this morning, and, and it's this part right here. It says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Wow. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Say new and glorious morn. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your power. I thank you for this word. I thank you that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, I pray that you would pierce our hearts. I pray that you would be with us this morning. Because, Lord, there's something in here that every one of us needs. And I pray that we would receive it. Everything that's being a distraction right now be broken in the name of Jesus. So that your word can go forth. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There's one word that actually describes our world today, and it's weary, right? 
aren't we living in some weary times? I mean, listen, when the president was reelected, the, the stock market crashed the next day. People are afraid. They're deathly afraid. I don't know if you realize this, but there's people that are sitting in their houses right now, scared to death, not knowing what the future holds. It's weary times. Am I accurate in saying that? It's weary times. People are freaking out. And if, as, as believers, if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing. I guarantee there's some folk in this room right now that are freaking out. It's okay. You can repent. Because freaking out is not faith in God. Amen? He called us to walk by faith and not by sight. He called us to be light in darkness. You know how the church becomes light right now? You walk by faith. You speak by faith. Come on. You put a smile on your face. You hold your chin up and you poke your chest out because you're a child of God. And no matter what happens in this world, he is going to take care of you. Amen. I, I get a appalled when I see believers walking around freaking out because of this president that got elected. You heard me tell the story last week about a guy I met on the job site, and he was like, he's a believer. He makes it known to everybody. He's a believer. And the day after the election, he's like, he's like, what's up, man? He's like, man, I just, I didn't sleep last night. I said, really? You got gas? I mean, what, what's going on? <laughs> Heartburn? What's can I pray for you? He's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I mean, this, this is bad. And I started looking. I said, huh? I said, man, let me tell you something, bro. I gave him one of them good old job site bros. Let me tell you something, bro. My hope ain't in him. He said, my hope's in Jesus, man. I said, let me give you a little faith. My company has gotten better in the recession. I said, that's only Jesus. But there's people that are freaking right now. There's people that are, they're weary. There's people that are tired. Come on. Anybody tired this morning? There's some of us who, who we don't see any hope in tomorrow. Some of us have hope, no hope for tomorrow. Some of, those, some of us, you don't know if your marriage is going to last till tomorrow. Some of you don't know if your finances are going to last till tomorrow. Some of you don't know if you're about to lose it on your kids or not. It's a weary world. And not many people see hope. Do you know that Black Friday was for some people the greatest day of the year? To go sit in line two days before a store opens to buy a stinking TV. you got to be kidding me. And I'm sorry, if you went, you're just going to have to be offended because I just, that's not me, Okay. Build a bridge, get over it, just love me anyway. Because, But for some people, that was the greatest achievement of the year. Do you realize that? For some people, that was the biggest event of the year. Wow. I just, it blows my mind because I'm going, man, isn't there more to life than that? Don't you have more hope than that? Some people, some people put more hope in the fact that they were going to get in line early than they did in Jesus, who can help them in any way, amen? 
The song says there's a thrill of hope. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. You know what that means? That the weary world can start rejoicing. You know how you change people around you? You be who God's called you to be. Joyful. Come on, fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. You start being those things, you'll change this weary world. Now's the time when people need to see that you have hope. Okay. Come on. If people can't see the church having hope, then who are they going to have hope in? Who's going to change their hope? If they don't see it in you, where are they going to see it? I love you too. Then he says, a new and glorious morning. Wow. A new and glorious morning. You know tomorrow's a new day? It's a new day tomorrow. When you wake up, it's a new day. Say that with me. Say a new day. I want to take you to the book of Lamentations, some of your favorite books. And I want you to see something that happened in Jeremiah's time. And this took place about, eight, about 586 B.C. It was, it was when Jerusalem was taken over by Babylon. Basically, Jerusalem was invaded by Babylon. They took them over and completely overcame them. Are you with me? So there's dead people lying everywhere. There's destruction all over the place. There's all kind of madness and sadness and no hope. And it would be as if the whole United States went to like Las Vegas and then this, the, the Japanese came in and just overcame us, okay? That's where, that's where Jeremiah writes this book, Lamentations. This is where it comes from. This is how he feels at that moment. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you remember how you felt when 9-11 happened? You remember the gut-wrenching emptiness? Even as a believer, it was like, wow. The lack of hope. Maybe it was Hurricane Katrina. Maybe it was Rita. Do you remember that? You remember what you felt like? That's what Jeremiah feels like right now. And that's what the nation of, 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 of Judah is feeling like right now. And here in Lamentations chapter 3, starting at verse 20, Jeremiah says, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love for love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Say every morning. What's new every morning? His faithfulness and his compassion. This is the thing that Jeremiah is hanging on to. The fact that, that God, God's love for us, his faithfulness is new every morning. His compassion is new every morning. Come on. You ought to be getting excited. It's new every morning. That's what he says. He says, I, this is where my hope is. Verse 24, he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him. To the ones who seek him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Say quietly. Some of you need to learn to shut up. I'm serious. 
Some of you can complain to no end. And I'm one of them. You need to stop talking to other people and you need to start talking to yourself. You may need to start saying, instead of complaining, you may need to run to the bathroom, look at yourself in the mirror and say, the Lord is my portion. He is my hope. I need to shut my mouth. Come on. So it's okay to talk to yourself. You get in trouble when you answer. So as long as you don't answer, you're okay, right? Right, Jennifer? Okay. That's validated right there. It's been... You can talk to yourself. Just try not to do it in public. So number one, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. If you believe like Jeremiah said, that the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. His love and his compassion is new every morning. If you believe that, then the next morning you have with Christ, you can get what you need. Amen? Not just what you need, but exactly what you need. Notice I didn't say you can get what you want. (laughs) Come on, I'm, I'm a sucker too. I know what I want. If I had my choice right now, my pond would be finished. The, the water would be in there. It would be crystal clear. There would be bass jumping out the top saying, come catch me, and all these great things going on. I'd have a nice boat, a nice deck built if I had what I want. But that's not what I need, right? That's actually far from what I need. I'm glad you didn't say amen. So look at what he says in verse 24. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Let me ask you a question. Is the Lord really your portion? Is he really faithful to you? Ask yourself that question this morning and answer honestly. Is he really your portion? Do you really put your hope in him? Do you really trust that he's going to show up in your life? And answer that to yourself. Watch this. Watch what he says. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. You see, if the Lord is not your portion, portion, if he's not your hope, if you don't trust that he's going to show up, then that means that you've never waited for him. Right? Because you only know that he's your portion, you only know that he's faithful when you have to wait for him. Right? Come on, you got to get this. If you don't stick around long enough to let the Lord show up in your life and you go out and you find what the world has to offer you to, to soothe your pain, come on, or to give you what you need, then you never know God as being faithful. You never know him as being your portion because you didn't want to stick around and suffer a little bit. Because, right, we, we don't like to suffer. Anybody likes to suffer? Raise your hand. Because I really need to hang out with you. Maybe you'll rub off on me. Because I don't like to suffer, okay? I, I, was, I thought I was going to do good today. I, wore, I brought a jacket. I had it on during worship. And all these ladies are freezing. And I don't want to turn the heater on. But I got to sweating and suffering. And I was like, that's it. I'm not wearing jackets no more. 
I'm sorry, I'll wear a nicer shirt or something, but I was suffering. I didn't want to suffer anymore. I was like, do I preach with the jacket on? Because then there's going to be beads of sweat running down my face. I'm going to be preaching like this the whole time. Thank you, Wally. I didn't want to suffer. Come on. When we go home, we want the temperature just right, huh? A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. The crazy thing is, is that as believers, we need to learn how to wait on the Lord. Are you hearing me? We need to learn how to wait on the Lord. I'm sorry, but there's too many prescriptions out there trying to answer the questions or give you the need that you have because you don't want to wait on the Lord. There's more believers on prescription drugs, I believe, than anybody else I know. Are you hearing me? I believe it's because we don't want to wait on the Lord. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to wait for him to heal us. Right? A couple Sundays ago, I had to miss church because my back locked up on me. I had to wait on Etage. You hear me? Let me tell you something. I prayed and I asked and I pleaded the Lord to save me that day. And then it got to the point, I was like, Lord, just take me. I've never been in that much pain in my life. I was screaming. Good thing I was the only one in my house. I was like, please. It was bad. I had to wait till 2.30 when Itaj got there. If I could have gotten my truck, I would have went and found somebody that could have cracked me. I couldn't get to my truck. I had to wait. Did I like waiting? No. I knew Itaj was going to leave church and her and Mark were going to go eat lunch. Okay? I'm sorry. I just got to tell you what I was thinking. I knew that they were going to do that. And out of all my heart, I was trying to be respectful. I was like, Lord, I pray they get their food fast. Lord, I pray they eat fast. Please, Lord, just supernatural service from the, from the restaurant. They didn't get there fast enough. Are you hearing me? I wanted a solution now. She tried to give it to me over the phone. She was like, get on the bed, do this, do that. It didn't work. I had to wait. Are you hearing me? For the help that I needed to show up. As believers, we don't like to wait. Come on, McDonald's don't get us food fast enough now. Right? The other day I got fasciated in the line because this woman took three minutes to get her breakfast burrito. I'm like, the dang things are pre-made. I don't know what you're waiting for. What does it mean that the Lord is my portion? You know, that actually comes from the days when when, uh, the children of Israel were walking in the desert. And every morning they woke up, the Lord had already placed manna for them to eat. You remember that? He fed them in the desert. He gave them exactly what they needed for that day. And they still complained. He caused water to come from rocks to give them water. Wow. He led them at night by fire, and during the day, he covered them with a cloud. Is he your portion? 
Is he all you need? Is Jesus enough for you? Is Jesus by himself enough for you? Or is it Jesus and your doctor? Is it Jesus and you fill in the blank? Is Jesus enough for you? Do you know that God's already in your tomorrow? You know he's already making provisions for you tomorrow? He already knows what you need before you get there. Do you believe that? So number one, a, a, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. Number two, a new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. It brings us the hope. Lamentations 325 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. The Lord is good to who? Those whose hope is in him. Right? So I wonder what he is to those whose hope is in something else. Hmm. Hmm. You see, I believe God wants us during this time in our, as, our, as a nation, he wants the, the, the believers to stand up, to be the light in the darkness, to be salt in a tasteless world. He wants us to be something set apart and something different. Now's the greatest time we've ever had to be the light in the darkness. Amen? And if we're not careful, we'll complacently walk through this season and not be the light in the darkness. We should be guarding our tongues. We should be watching what we say. We should be watching our attitudes and how we freak out. You should be watching what your facial expressions are doing. Seriously, because some of you, you don't say bad things, but your face, man, it speaks words. You ought to see you when I'm preaching. I can tell when I say something bad because you... Is he your hope? When things fall apart, is he your hope? Who do you run to? You know how you know where your hope is? When everything falls down around you, who do you run to? If your finances go crashed all of a sudden, who do you run to? You run to your mama? Come on. Some people still run to their mama for financial need. You run to the bank? Do you go to the quick loan place? Get your little fix-me-up till next paycheck, and then you live that whole vicious cycle? Who do you run to? As a business owner, let me tell you something. There's days when I don't have enough money to pay salary, to pay payroll. It's coming Wednesday, and we start looking around and go, we don't have enough money. Now, in the early days, we freaked out. Of course, in the early days, payroll wasn't but a couple thousand dollars. These days, payroll's in the multiple thousand dollars. And when we, when we start to get short, the tendency is to freak out. Are you hearing me? But we waited on the Lord because we had no other options. Are you hearing me? Back in the early days. 
And because of that, we learn that when you wait on the Lord, you give him an opportunity to be faithful, you give him an opportunity to show up, and you give him an opportunity to do a miracle. I believe so many times when we're supposed to be waiting for the miracle, we get tired of waiting and we leave, and then the miracle shows up and he goes, are you hearing me? We're impatient, right? We don't want to stay around. We don't want to put our hope in something. Every time we get financially strapped, we have a tendency to want to go to the bank. We have a good friend at the bank. He likes us. We helped him build this pond. If we keep running to him, he's going to get tired of us and he's not going to like us anymore because he's not God. Amen? You wait and you walk by faith and you put your hope in Jesus that he's going to show up. You want to see miracles today? You need to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Where's your hope? Put your hope in him and not in anything else. There's a lot of people putting their hope in other things right now. Right? A lot of people. I hope it wasn't in the stock market. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10 says this, says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly. In other words, don't sway. Hold tight. Stand firm. Don't move. Listen to me. Bad things happen to good people. You're not exempt from that. In fact, the day you gave your life to Jesus, all hell began to break loose against you. Before you gave your life to Jesus, hell liked you. Now hell don't like you anymore. And they're trying to break loose against you. So you just soon get used to the fact that things are going to go wrong. Things are going to break down. I'm not going to preach a gospel to you that when you get saved, your your, your tires never go flat. Okay? Because that would be misleading. But when things do break down, you have hope. And you need to hang on to that. You need to not move, right? Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. Will people let you down? Will bosses let you down? Will technology let you down? Will the government let you down? Number one, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. Number two, a new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. And number three, a new day with Christ brings us the help we are seeking. There comes a point in time in all of our lives where honestly the only thing you can do is cry out for help. Right? All you can do is scream out, Lord, help me. That's how I was laying on the sofa with my back all messed up. Some days all you can do is cry for help. A new new day with Christ brings us the help you're seeking. Verse 26 in Lamentations, it says, It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Isn't it funny the difference that one day can make? How many of you have ever just looked forward to one day? Can we hang on one more day? 
if we just make it one more day, what a difference one day can make. What a difference one hour can make. I used to be pretty radical, and every time I get a headache, I would refuse to take a leave or or ibuprofen because I felt like the Lord was going to heal me. And I wait 10 more minutes. Ba-boom, 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 10 more minutes. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Anybody have a headache? It's amazing what one more day can do. You remember the story of Lazarus? Jesus purposefully took his time to get there. He waited four days before he went. He was told in enough time to go to Lazarus when he was sick and dying, but he chose to stay where he was. And he waited four days after he died to show up. And then he shows up, he walks up to the tomb, he moves the stone away, and he says, Lazarus, my buddy, come forth. And what happens? Lazarus walks out. You know he was stinking by, by day number four? That was decomposition. I mean, you've seen them dogs on the side of the road by the fourth day you pass it by, right? I'm not calling Lazarus a dog, but. One more day made all the difference in Lazarus. I bet he was grateful for one more day. Amen. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? Twelve years she suffered with a blood issue. And one day she reached out and touched Jesus' garment, the hem of his garment, and she was healed. One day. I bet she was really willing to give up that day before. From my experience, it usually gets worse before he shows up. Am I right? Have you seen that? The pressure gets harder. It gets higher. It gets more intense. The pain gets worse right before the miracle. I don't know why that is, but it just seems that way to me. I wonder what she was thinking the day before she met Jesus. Can I hold on one more day? I wonder if she was trying to give up and there was some other believer around encouraging her, saying, just hang on one more day. One more day. He's going to show up. Just hang tight. Stand firm. I wonder if that happened. I wonder if that's happening here in our church. If there's other believers that are willing to come around you and say, hang on one more day. Just one more day, baby. Don't give up. Come on, you can do it. One more day. Talked to somebody one time who was struggling with something, and they said, how, how do I overcome this? How do I? I believe God healed me. I believe he set me free, but tomorrow's a new day. What do I do? I said, you hang on for one more day. And I said, you take it one day at a time. Don't worry about three days. Don't worry about two days. You take it one day at a time. Hang on for one more day. It's funny the difference that one day can make. His mercies are new every morning. His love and his mercies are new every morning. That's what the Bible says. They're new every morning. 
Romans 13, 11, and 12 says this, and I'm going to wrap it up. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Isn't that an appropriate word for this time? I'll read it again. The Lord, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because, of our, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Right now, the world needs to see a light. They need to see a light. They need to know that there's somebody else out there who has hope. Is that person you? Or do you go to work or go to the marketplace or do your thing and you just act like everybody else? Come on. Today's the day when somebody needs to see a light. Today's the day when you need to be a light in the darkness. If you don't have hope, then there's no way that they're going to have hope. Amen? You're the greatest thing on the planet. You're the most powerful person on the planet right now. You need to believe that. You have all the answers. And you have everything that everybody needs. You know why? Because you have Jesus. Do you believe that? You don't look like you believe that. I might have to preach another hour. Just until you start believing that. So either you're going to fake it. Are you going to make it? Right? Come on. It's either you believe that or you don't. And if you believe that, then you live that. And if you don't believe that, then don't try to live that. Because everybody can spot a fake. Amen? Be real. Be full of hope. Be full of joy. You know, this is we're going into the season now where, where there's, there's so many people that are hurting and lost and empty and, and, and just alone right now. For some people, I've heard them say this on the radio, for some people, this is the, the six weeks of the year that they dread. They wish they could go fly to a country that doesn't celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving. They hate it. They don't look forward to it. You know, there's more lonely people trying to shack up right now than ever before. Why? Because they want to spend the holidays with somebody. Right? Let's be something to somebody. Let's be hope. Let's be light. Can we do that? I'm trying to end, but y'all ain't letting me. I mean, it's just it's bad. I mean, I, I thought I preached pretty good. I mean, it's... You might be in a weary world right now, in your own world. There's a thrill of hope coming. There's joy in the morning. There's gladness. Tomorrow's a new day. Amen. Can you stand up with me this morning? I just want us as believers this morning, I want you right where you are, 
If there's anything that's holding you back, anything that's getting in the way of you believing who you are, if there's anything that's, that's bringing denial in your mind that I am not a child of God, if there's anything, if there's anything that's, that's making you depressed, anything that's causing you to be weary, anything that's making you tired, anything that you need help with, I just want you right where you are this morning, just, just, just give it up. Just confess it to him. You may need to repent and say, Lord, I know I'm bigger than this worry. I know I'm bigger than this fear. I know that, that you've called me to greater things than hopelessness. For some of you, it may be, Lord, I need help. I don't know how to have joy. I don't know how to put a smile on my face. You may be struggling with issues from your past or even present. Just deal with those things right now. Can we do that? Because, listen, you are called to greater things than that. That is the enemy's foothold in your life, and you need to let that thing go. Any unbelief, any doubt needs to go in the name of Jesus right now. Because he's made up his mind about you, whether you've made up your mind about him or not. Amen? So lift your hands this morning. And as I'm praying, I just, I just want you to seriously, just let it go right now. Just let it go. Father, I come to you, Lord, and I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to greater things. I thank you that you see us as better than we are. Lord, there's more hope inside of us than we know, Lord. Help us to be light in the darkness, salt to a tasteless world, Lord. Help us to be a hope to hopelessness, Father. Lord, we're the answer. Through you, we're the answer, Lord, to this world. We hold you in our hands, Lord. You're a part of our lives. Help us to walk through this world, to walk through our own worlds, carrying the hope of the world. And Lord, as your, as your word says, freely we've been given. I pray that freely we will give. And Lord, whatever might be hindering this morning, whatever might be holding us back, any fear, any anxiety, any worry, any doubt, Lord, any past hurts or wounds, Father, I just pray right now, Lord, against those things, and I say be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to understand who we are in you. That, Father, we're a royal priesthood, a chosen race, Lord. We're a city on a hill. That's how you see us, Lord. We're your children. We're royalty, Lord. Thank you for that. Lord, help us to live up to how you see us. Father, help us to be a church that waits on you, Lord. That our hope is in you, Lord. That we don't run to what the world has to offer. We don't run to these quick fixes, Lord. But, Father, we learn to wait on you. Our salvation is coming. Help us to wait quietly on you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, there hasn't been a time that you haven't shown up. There's just only been times that I've taken off too early. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love and your compassion and that they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. 
bless you this morning. I give you praise, honor, and glory. I lift your name on high, Lord. Be high and lifted up. You're mighty and strong. Faithfully and true, Lord. I thank you that you're working in the hearts of people right now, Lord. Lord, help us to see us as you see us. Bless you, Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the hope of the world. Say to him, I'm glad you're the hope of the world. You didn't say it. Say to him, I'm glad you're the hope of the world. Now say it to him, you need to act like it. I love you. God bless you. Have a great week. Etage has an announcement. She's going to holler from the back.